is Islam spreading more than ever before. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah. Wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Safina Society. Nothing but facts. Live stream on a beautiful, gorgeous, sunny Wednesday in which the sun is out. The temperature is just picture perfect. And I'm leading my first practice today. Uh, well, I'm, a, I'm an assistant coach, but sometimes, you know, when the main coach can't be there, right, then I'm going to run the practice. It's going to just take me a while to learn, like, the technicalities of the sport because it's not a sport I go years without paying attention to soccer, right? So it's going to take me a while. Ladies and gentlemen, today we are reading about just the nonstop flood a flood of people entering the deen of Islam. Flood. Can't say, for example, yet mass conversions, but I'm telling you, the number of people entering Islam, every day there's somebody new. And there's something new. Right? For every person that leaves Islam, Allah brings more than one Convert into Islam. Or baby born into Islam. They will never, ever, ever, has been in the past, nor in the future, will be a decrease in the number of Muslims. Allah says in the Quran, whosoever of you leaves the deen, he's speaking, any one of you leaves the deen, one person, then Allah will bring a qawm, more than one people, person. Many people. A qawm. And what's the description of this qawm? Yuhibbuhum wa yuhibbunahu. He loves them, they love him. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us really the medicine and the real main reason why people leave Islam. They only leave Islam because they, have, they don't have knowledge, no. Do they leave Islam because they're, um, they're, they don't have piety? No. They don't worship much? No. People leave Islam for one reason, according to this ayah. Love in their heart. They love something else more than they love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't even say that they don't have faith. No, they may have had faith. Amen. But they loved something else more than they love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when they come to realize that they can't do this thing, okay, uh, they can't do this because Allah, Islam forbids it, they leave off Islam and they go with this this thing. Okay, so the c- concept here is that oh, dropped a whole bunch of books. Sorry about that. Uh, the concept here is love is the most important feature in staying in Islam. This is why use of force in Islam is terrible, and good anecdotal good life experience is so important. Good life experience with Islam. Just love the experience of being with Muslims, friends, going out, going for tarawih, Ramadan, suhoor, and maybe having nice spiritual experiences related to dhikr, the aesthetic of Islam, all the beauty. Those things that touch the heart, that's what keeps people in Islam. Now, believe it or not, this is a bizarre 
observation that my friends made, and I think we all came to the same conclusion. There was there were a couple groups like people do these analysis of Islamic groups. So one guy did an analysis of the movement and knowledge based Islamic groups. Okay, whether they be like traditional Islam or Salafi or whatever, but the the Islamic groups that were very specific on what they believe in. Okay. In contrast to that, the more socially based Islamic groups, like the families that grew up around Isna, for example, where the the theology and fiqh is not the central point, but the identity of a Muslim is a central point. And being social and being active, right? And being around. So what he noticed is that those kids who came out of that Isna, uh, those Isna, early Isna families, I don't know if the British, they might not know what Isna is, but it's mainly essentially focusing on the Muslim identity, the status of Islam in the country in general. It's less on aqidah and fiqh and more on that identity aspect. And he said that without doubt, the kids that came out through the knowledge-based movements, whether it be Salafi or Sufi, in general, those kids had more knowledge. However... They did have, every once in a while, someone who left it completely. And the more intense the movement, the stronger the departure from it. So a movement that was really, really intense and very specific and almost narrow, you could say, when people left it, they left Islam altogether. When they left it, they left Islam altogether. Really bad. If those movements were more moderate than people who left it, they strayed, like, the more moderate it was, the less effort it took to leave it, right? So they didn't really, like, stray too far away. Now, in contrast, from those families that uh, had an ummah vision, you know, we care about the ummah, we're um, the Islamic identity, and not much about the argumentation about aqidah and fiqh and tasawwuf and all those things. All of those kids in that observation, these are the families out of Indiana. This was the observation made to me by people who were close there. All of them were involved willingly in some way, shape, and form. Although, like, their, their, uh, their depth in aqidah and fiqh was not the same, but there were no people who fled those groups. Why those groups were vast and they focused on the ummah and being part of the ummah and they didn't put a lot of pressure they didn't breathe hard down the necks of their kids to do the, do it this way do it that way they were more vast so ridda a people apostasy uh, and we can take analogy from that everything less than apostasy just like going astray or just not praying anymore or just moving away from the deen, moving away from the community. The source of it all is the heart. It is not knowledge per se. Knowledge is always important, of course. Taqwa is always important, of course. Iman is always important, of course. Family is important. But at the end of it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says ridda once and he says love twice. مَنْ يَرْتَدَّ مِنْكُمْ عَنْ دِينِهِ فَسَوْفَ يَأْتِ اللَّهُ بِقَوْمٍ يُحِبُّهُمْ وَيُحِبُّونَهُ and you look around, and I've seen it so many times, when people say, because they're moving away from Islam, they think they project. Everyone's moving away. They project that. 
And I had one person one time tell me, you know, everyone's leaving the imams and going to, or to academia. I was like, no, that's you and your little cult and your little crew, maybe, of misguided people. But in fact, there are more people. Every imam that I know is 10 times busier than a decade ago. No, it's not even a, a doubt. It's not even a question mark, right? Every person that I know in every masjid, they're 10 times busier. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is bringing a whole new group of people. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about some of these new, new Muslims and some of these people who are now entering Islam. So let's talk about the first person we're going to talk about today is German soccer player, Robert Bauer. Classic German name there. Robert Bauer. Don't know who he is. Elte FC. I don't even know what that is. Defender. So he's, you know, in soccer, the defense, it takes a lot more um, time to mature as a defender than it is as a forward. When you're young, it's easy to play defense. Go cover the guy. and When you get the ball, kick it out. That's the easy part. No, Bauer, B-A-U-E-R. Um, but as the, the, the game matures, it becomes more and more difficult to become a defender because you have to have your eye on many, many different things. Okay, so Eltay FC defender Robert Bauer made a significant and heartfelt announcement revealing his conversion to Islam. He's 27 years old, German player, currently playing for the Saudi club Eltay FC, and he shared his personal journey with the world via his official Instagram account. So we're going to start seeing that despite, we have to say, the sinfulness of much of the spending, the contrary to Sharia, much of the spending and the attempt of, of, of Saudi to in, enter into the global entertainment scene, something that a Muslim would not do. Nonetheless, it does not mean that some benefits would come out of that. Remember the Qaeda, it's a rule of thumb. Someone may do something forbidden and Allah may bring good out of it. It remains to be forbidden. They should not be praised for it. Okay? But Allah Ta'ala can do whatever He wills. So we have to understand that. And we may point out that what's good. So this is a very important rule. Because many people uh, imagine a utilitarian view. Well, it's working. So therefore we should do it. No, that's not how, how things are. That's not how it works. Just because a good result occurred does not validate the action. Okay? And we may, we are permitted to recognize the good. I mean, what is the ruling on spending money on sports? Billions of dollars. Of course, it's, it's a waste of time and money. By our sharia, we wouldn't do it. Uh, a, 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 a pious Muslim would never spend that much money on that. A person now comes, a king, and Qatar does it. Now Saudi's competing and more, all that stuff. And they're now doing it just because they do it. Now we're getting amazing results. Qatar, how many people entered Islam from Qatar? And just the fact that Qatar World Cup, Muslim country, entertainment, it literally killed the whole jihad, ISIS narrative. It ended it completely. Good result. We can point that out and be happy by that. It doesn't alter the fact that it's forbidden. Okay. How many people uh, have on record 
a Shahada. Not many, right? Not many people could say, from me, from A to Z, I'm the first Muslim that they ever met and they entered Islam after their interaction with me. Not many people can say that, right? But let me tell you something. I know many, many, many people who are from the category of people who, because of them, someone entered Islam. But how? As a girlfriend, right? That they parent made them get married. Ah, no girlfriends. Have get married. All right. Now they get married. Try to convince her to enter Islam. All right. Fine. Let's she enters Islam, and maybe he's a good husband. She ends up genuinely being a Muslim, right? So was his act correct? No, it was sinful, but it had a good result. So we're starting to see some of that here with this guy, uh, this player, right, uh, Bauer, living in a Muslim country. Probably just, yeah, I'm just only contract I could get, right? No one goes to Saudi if they have a choice. You play in the European leagues. You play in any of the European leagues. You play in the in American league before you play in Saudi, right? But that's the only contract he got. He found himself all of a sudden living amongst Muslims. Let's let's see what he says here. He says he shared an image of himself deep in prayer on his Instagram account. You have a picture of the gentleman? Accompanied by a touching message explaining the factors that led him to embrace Islam. Notice now how there is no hesitation anymore for people to openly say, I converted to Islam. It's a thing, I'm telling you. I said it at the Maulid in, uh, in North Jersey the other day, right? It's a thing now, I'm telling you. Okay. The Germany International... The German international has shared the view of his wife and his family, expressing gratitude to those who have supported and encouraged him throughout his journey. Bauer stated, for all the people messaging me today, I came to Islam through my wife and her family. It's been many years and I'm thankful for you all who helped me, encourage me on my journey. Okay. Listen to this story. A man came... Uh, in Malaysia, man visited Malaysia, and he's hanging out with a brother, nice big brother, beard down to his chest, kufi and everything, and he's sitting there uh, selling them stuff, and they're sitting there having some tea with the, with the stopkeeper, saying, hey, we're tourists from America, blah, blah, blah. And he says, yeah, I'm, I'm with the, the tabligh, I'm with the jamaat tabligh, and, and Islam here in Malaysia is so strong, mashallah. He says, oh, so what's your family like? You married? They said, like, there's a lot of diversity here. He said, yeah, I'm married. And uh, mashallah, uh, he said, uh, you have kids? Yeah, I married a Buddhist. What? You married a mushrik? It's not even allowed in Islam, right? He's telling you, he's like, you got a beard down here. It's tabligh. Malaysia, it's such a diverse society. They all, like, accept living with each other. Married a Buddhist. And then the guy goes, oh, don't worry, don't worry. She, uh, four years after the marriage, she converted. <laughs> what a sec, did you study fiqh at all, right? So here you have a man who did something out of jahad, I'm sure, I'm sure, haram. Yet, a good thing happened out of it. So try to have a wisdom. And what's the, what's the reality of this? It, it's actually a stress relief in the sense that, yes, it's wrong, but when you see something good happening out of it, it doesn't change the fact that it's wrong. It doesn't change the fact that we have to fix it. None, but we can at least see the silver lining around it. So I don't know what kind of marriage this was. Did his wife convert or did he marry as a Christian, 
a Muslim woman. And in which case, it's very similar to that Buddhist situation. Bauer's journey into Islam is a deeply personal one, reflecting the diverse paths individuals take on their spiritual quests. His openness about his faith allows for greater understanding and dialogue. And it looks like that's the end of the article. Um, let's... That's all, huh? Yeah, you, you can still stick it up there. Um, let's see what else is there about him because there's, um, it doesn't seem that there's, is he a big player? Does anyone know about him? Yeah, I don't think so either. Not to, you know, offend the guy, but. There's only one article on clutch points here. Muslim Mirror has another uh, article. Cogn only Islamic uh, publications and websites, Muslim publications and websites, have highlighted him. All right, so this is just one week ago. All right, he's 28 years old. He's currently playing for Saudi. Uh, the Al-Ta'i or Al-Ta'i Saudi Professional League. All right, he uploaded a picture of himself making Salah. Very good. He's making a duku on this picture. All right. Very simple article here. Bauer, widely known for his football career, made his uh, Bundesliga debut in 2014. Okay. So he did play in the German League for a while and then eventually shifted on to, to go to Saudi, I guess, towards the end of his career, which is pretty, you know, he's still young. He's still got another 12 years to play. In 2015, he scored his first Bundesliga goal against Darmstadt. In his career, you know, his he's played in many leagues. He moved to Werder Bremen in August of 2016, and then he was sold to Nuremberg, and then he moved to Russia for a long-term contract. Then he played in Belgium. So he's a world, a tra like, what do they call them? A journeyman. All right. Koulibaly is telling us he's not a heavyweight player like Sadio Mani and the rest, but he is a journeyman. They call him journeyman players, right? And his journey, and that's why probably he's like, uh, he doesn't have much to lose by announcing that he became Muslim, where probably uh, anyone with a Nike or Adidas contract would probably, you know, have a lot more to lose. All right. Now, what else regarding soccer? Here, we have another soccer-related, okay, Benzema, Benzema, okay, <laughs> his wife now enters Islam, okay, this is another example, okay, technically they're not married, but he gave her dawah and she entered Islam, partner it says, okay, so we know Benzema, Benzema is not exactly, uh, you know, uh, he's a huge player, but he's not exactly in in the dean, right? But he's one of the best in the world. Okay, we got Muazzar telling us that Bauer's wife was a Tanzanian Muslim raised in Dubai, and his family they're uh, Christians. I think he's talking about no, because Benzema's wife entered Islam. 
That was Bauer, and he had married a Muslima, right? He said, but Bauer doesn't sound that unless he changed his name. But in any event, so he, he, there you have a soccer player, non-Muslim, marrying a Muslim woman. Here you have a Muslim player dating a non-Muslim woman, and she enters Islam. I'm telling you, we're living in a mixed-up world. It's a very important for us to understand this very well because it's a mixed-up world. Right and wrong is not by the result. Bad results will, by Allah's permission, produce good things. We can be happy and point out those good things without being permissive of what is forbidden. Okay, It's very important to know what our law is. Kareem Benzema's partner, Jordan Ozuna. You know when I saw that? Because Jordan's mainly a guy's name. I was like, man, Benzema's gay? <laughs> I was like, what? I mean, that would really be, that would really take the cake. The oh gay Muslim and his gay partner, the gay partner comes into oh Islam. What confusion is this? That's but crazy. it's a world of confusion now listen up so jordan turns out it is a woman okay at least he's got that part right she converted to islam and she says she announced it again i'm telling you she now she's high profile too apparently according to the article she's almost she, she's a model okay but again there's like no shame in people openly saying i converted to islam here she says uh, I have converted to Islam, she says, in like an, uh, uh, told a magazine. And I, it was in the mosque of Madrid. The American model stressed that her conversion was in a small private ceremony where she fe- felt very sentimental. I cried like a little girl, she said, recalling that she did a lot of research about Islam, which she finds beautiful. Quote, everything I've read about it has moved me. During Ramadan, I read the Quran and it made me cr- cry. In addition to her, her conversion to Islam, the model also spoke about her relationship with her with the French footballer, stressing that she did not know him when she first met him. When I met Karim, sometimes I call him Karim, uh, I didn't know who he was. I'm American. I don't know anything about soccer, she says. Describing Benzema, she said he was an amazing guy and said that her partner is more like her best friend. That's not good news if you're the guy to be described as a friend. Okay? Okay. Uh, she spoke about the couple's new adventure in Saudi, saying that it is her first time in the country. It feels like an adventure. All right? Asked whether she feels concerned about the move, she says, not at all. For my part, there is no problem. It's a beautiful culture, and I'm delighted with the adventure. Benzema signed a three-year deal with Al-Ittihad. And that's the end of the article. That's it. She enters Islam and then game over. That's it. She's just basically telling you and she's putting that in um, a, uh, uh, telling a magazine, a fashion magazine that she became Muslim. All right. So again, it's people that have no shame, no hesitation at all in saying that they're converts to Islam. Whereas in the, whereas I'm telling you many Muslims don't have the same, you know, confidence to say people they're Muslims. Can you do this? I can't. I'm Muslim. I can't do this, right? I can't support this. I can't. I, 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 this is what I have to do. This is what I want to do. Let's read this, another one. This is really interesting now, okay? All right. 
This article here. So, uh, chocolate wallets. No, these this, are these examples and role models. No. Well, first of all, when someone who is not exactly living right enters Islam, like that should be congratulated because that's the root and that should be the beginning of them living right. Now, it may take them 30 years. You got to understand this. You got to have a lot of sabr with people. So you congratulate somebody who is not living right when they correct, alter the root, but have sabr. Firstly, they're not going to be at all a role model just because they entered this just because you congratulate someone on doing something right does not mean that we've made them a role model the role model is the one we go to all the time for direction and we say to our kids and to ourselves be like this person okay that's the difference between congratulating someone on doing something good and being happy for them and being a role model that's a clear distinction you got to make. See, the world is so convoluted these days. It's very important to have these lines of distinction. So congratulating somebody, same thing with Andrew Tate. What are we supposed to like not be happy about it? Right? Good. The man gave Allah his due. He did something good. That's the root of all goodness. But now let's give it 20, 30 years. So let them go and develop on their own. They are not going to be guides for Muslims, right? For maybe forever. Right? Maybe forever. We'll never be a guide for a Muslim, for the Muslims in terms of doing things in our deen. How do we live our lives? No. But you got to give these people time too at this uh, simultaneously. Now, what are we going to read today? We're going to read about a very interesting movement that happened, uh, that's, that's been in existence. Raise your hand for if you're on Instagram or on YouTube, if you're in Indonesia, which I doubt it because it's probably like 1 a.m. in Indonesia. But in Indonesia, there is a movement that has taken the country by storm. It is, an Indo- it is a movement taken hold among Indonesian youth, a return to conservative practice of Islam. Okay. They call it the Hijra movement. It consists of boy bands <laughs> belting out songs about loving the Prophet ﷺ. It consists of women wearing full face, face veils and take, putting their pictures up with the niqab. It's hilarious. Put your picture up with the niqab, right? <laughs> uh, okay. It consists of videos of young Women watching, like, you know, they watch a YouTube video and they're reacting to the video. Uh, Being moved to tears by seeing the conversion of new Muslims into the faith. It consists of scores, hundreds of thousands of 14, 15, and 16-year-old girls, okay, uh, attending women's only lectures where Buddhist attendees convert to Islam. Okay. Chapa Japi is from Singapore. Singapore, as the Arabs call it. Okay. And he's from Singapore. So you should know about this. Because Singapore used to be part of Malaysia because it's so successful that they cut themselves away from Malaysia. 
And Malaysia is like the a notch economically better off than Indonesia. And they have a rivalry amongst them, I think. Because at one time I said, uh, someone said, I want to invite you to Singapore. I said, oh, we might as well do Indonesia, Malaysia, and Singapore all at once while we're down there. And they hesitated. They're like, uh, we don't have those kind of relations. We're not like that. But, uh, all right, now listen to this. Padang. The scene was an annual festival in Padang. And it is part of a new conservative Islamic movement in Indonesia known as Hijra. That is attracting millions of believers. Millions. No, no, Indonesia, the numbers are crazy. There was a party there one time, a group, a hizb. And New York Times did like an article about this, hizb, like an Islamic group. And they're like, um, this is one of the, it has about 2 million followers, right? And the guy was like, although we're one of the smaller Islamic groups, you're the small one, right? 2 million followers so this thing has hundreds of thousands of people you gotta move over there huh you gotta move over there now yeah no many of them are young and drawn by celebrity preachers on instagram islamic conservatism has been on the rise in indonesia for years and now the government despite the government trying to maintain a secular and diverse society the current iteration in the hijra movement is distinct its use of social media to spread the word, okay, is what makes it differentiates it. And it has a great appeal to the young. Its popularity is generating concern among government and religious officials who fear it could erode a more moderate brand of Islam. Qamaruddin Amin is saying that it is Wahhabi. Okay, they are concerned by the movement because it originates with the Wahhabi ideology based out of Saudi Arabia. And says uh, Dadi Darmadi, professor at Sharif Hidayatullah Islamic State University um, in Jakarta. He calls them born-again Muslims. I don't know. Yeah, born-again. But Dari Suleiman, a Muslim preacher who spoke at the Hijra festival, there's a grand Hijra festival, apparently, he said in an interview, we don't talk about radicalism. We don't fight the government. We come and listen to the experiences from everyone on how they feel after they enter Islam. And they have pictures here of, you know, a massive women's event with looks like thousands of, of Muslim women attending a women's only portion of an event. Now, there are no clear figures on the numbers of the Hijra adherents. Many of them self-identify with the movement. But they're estimated to be at least in the tens... Listen to this. You ready for this? Tens of millions. Tens of millions based on the social media following of popular Hijra preachers. Wow. The movement is emerging while opposition Islamic parties have also become more outspoken. So there's number many different Islamic parties. The movement is emerging, okay, uh, for example, mobilizing hundreds of people in protests against the building of Christian churches. Last year, they helped pass a law banning sex outside of marriage in Indonesia. A 2019 survey of millennials and Gen Z youth conduct, conducted by the Jakarta-based research firm Alvara showed that 
of the roughly 1,500 respondents surveyed across 35 provinces identified as Puritan and ultra-conservative. A tally of the Instagram accounts of 12 of Indonesia's most prominent Hijra preachers. So they took the top 12 and just look at their Instagram following showed that their numbers were at least 45.8 million followers. Now, of course, Instagram followers are going to be all over the world, but just to show you. But to be, hijra, to be Hijra is essentially to lead an Islamic life, encompassing everything from dress to dating, meaning more women are wearing hijab, niqab, okay? More men are wearing beards and religious attire, and that's the superficial stuff. That just shows where their heart wants to be, but it's more important to to understand, you know, to have knowledge. But the, the clothes, they use that because it's objective. Like we could see it. It's visible. It's a, it's a visual thing. And that's the brilliance of the Prophet ﷺ. He created visuals for Islam. Some people say, listen, man, this stuff, hijab, beard, it's all superficial. I say, you know what? Some people are superficial. Some people, that's how they express themselves. They can't, they need something visual. They need something physical to do. Okay. The movement's preachers reject anything that could be haram or forbidden, like dating and some music. Actors and musicians also identify as hijra. Okay. And they use their social media accounts to publicly celebrate the rediscovery of their deen. Young people have become supporters of the Indonesia without dating movement, which promotes marriage without dating. The movement fits into a rich religious culture in Indonesia. Although the country is the world's most populous Muslim nation, it has five other official religions and more than 200 unofficial ones. 200? Most of the 230 million Muslims in Indonesia practice a form of Islam that combines the religion with local rituals, like visiting the graves of ancestors. Okay. Nessa Okta Mirza, 27, who was preparing to go to graduate school, said she identified as part of the Hijra movement in 2014 when she put on hijab, though her parents objected because no one else in her family wears hijab. A relative said, are you part of ISIS now? Miss Nessa said that influenced by Hijra preachers who discourage contact between men and women outside of marriage, she will no longer hitch rides on the back of motorbikes driven by men. Oh, that was a thing? She said she has also stopped binge-watching Korean drama <laughs> because the habit was cutting into her sleep and affecting the quality of her life. Okay. Later this year, she plans to send her CV to a friend to help her do ta'aruf, which is to get to know somebody for marriage. Listen, there's a generational thing going on. People in my generation, I'm telling you, I see it. They have this hesitation about being Muslim. Right, there is something happening amongst the younger generation and amongst converts. Right, that is very different from people in my generation. Especially if you are privileged in any way, shape, and form financially, you know you fit in. The more you fit in, the more nervous they are to say, "Hey, um, this is what we do. This is Islam. This is what we're doing." There is this uh, built-in intimidation from elementary school. Right. I'm telling you, when I broke out of that, I'm like, I'm not being intimidated by anybody, right? I, was, I felt like a minority. 
amongst my generation. Most of my generation want to do everything possible to fit in, right? And to find somebody, you know, somebody to be, you know, in your family or to find a friend that also shares that, you know, it was rare at the time. Now, the government is concerned. Why are you concerned? This is what's going to keep your family, your country going, right? They don't commit zina. They don't drink. They don't go heavy into debt. They marry. They have kids. What are you worried about? Well, they're worried about interreligious fighting, okay? Because they, the, the country has a, is a multi-religious society. Mr. Qamaruddin, the religious affairs minister, said his office has encouraged young Muslim preachers to emphasize that Islam must appreciate diversity. Not really. We don't appreciate paganism. We, we may tolerate it because we have no choice, right? We don't accept it, but we may tolerate it because I have no choice. That's why, right? So here you have the more, the, the more secular uncle telling the kids to cool it off. As Salman saying, okay, Dean, but not too much Dean, right? Cool it down. Learn how to live with these pagans. Okay, we are living with them. No one's fighting against them, right? No one's fighting. They live with Buddhists there, right? Christians, Buddhists, animists. Here we live in, in central Jersey. We live in with Hindus, Christians, Jews, right? Atheists. Just turn, uh, turn the other cheek over there. Buddhists are peaceful. Hey, Buddhists, you're supposed to be all peaceful. Why are you worried about me? You guys be peaceful. Let us do our thing. In middle America, you're going to be living with the uh, born a lot of the evangelical Christians. You better uh, get ready because they're going to come after you, right, with words. I'm not saying they're going to get physical, but if you're living like a Madiki clique with the evangelicals, you better have some thick skin because they're not going to tolerate this, this, this growth of Islam. But when they do, if they convert, they're going to be the strongest ones. Actually, I worry. They're going to be hardcore Salafis and Wahhabis. You know, like the Baptists? If a Baptist converts to Islam, he's going to be a Wahhabi, right? <laughs> he's already the Wahhabi of the Christians, right? He noted that some Hijra followers have built housing for only Muslims or have criticized women for not wearing hijab. The rise of Islamic radicalism in Indonesia has compounded the government's concerns. In recent years, President Yoko Widodo's government has banned groups like Hizb tahrir and the Islamic Defenders Front, which have called for a Muslim Khilafah in Indonesia. Okay. Um, Ulil Abshar Abdullah, senior official with Nahdatul Ulama, Indonesia's largest Islamic organization, said Hijra followers want Islam to be a closed identity, a cultural marker that makes them separate from the rest of society. Well, maybe they don't like your society. How's that? Maybe your society's weak. Maybe your leaders are weak. They want to integrate too much and, 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 and water everything down too much. Listen, youth, they're not always the wisest, but they're usually their pulses on something right. Okay? We do not give them a green light to be speaking in the name of Islam. Well, that's true. They're not the leaders, but they're hitting on something because youth tend to be idealistic and they just are truthful, right? Because they don't have the wisdom, they don't have the financial connections that force them to monitor their words. So they just go out and say what they really believe. I'm always a fan of youth, I have to say. You know why I'm a fan of youth? Because I'm a pragmatist. 
they're the future anyway, whether you like it or not. So you might as well, you know, be more on the sympathetic side of them. Okay. The group has called for the government. It doesn't mean you give them free reign to do what they want, but you got to recognize that Allah, the new wave, Allah's always bringing the waves, right? In the ocean, wave comes in, crashes, and then it recedes. What happens? A new wave comes in. Same with generations. One generation rises up, reaches its pinnacle, its, its beauty and its strength, then crashes down, right? And then go slowly recedes back into the water so you have to really recognize the value of every phase that allah has created you got to value youth you got to value the leaders of today and you got to value the elders everyone in its place okay the group has called for the government to ban the annual festival in padang wow subhanallah the ulama the largest islamic organization wants to ban this thing let them do it let them grow right just give them direction and if they listen they listen they don't they don't last year it complained that the events organizers had used its logos without permission resulting in the sudden cancellation of the festival hijra is arabic for journey and the term is most closely associated with the prophet muhammad's migration to medina to escape persecution the majority of people who uh, make up the movement are Muslim by birth and are rededicating themselves to their deen. Ari Untung, the founder of Hijra Fest, said the group was frequently criticized by other Muslims for not being Puritan enough. Wow. I think we actually have the same destination, but we're on different cars. Uh, says Mr. Ari, who is a former MTV DJ. He, he describes Hijra Fest as primarily a commercial event, not a religious one. At this year's event, salespeople promoted halal cosmetics and Quran memorizing classes. All the attendees, regardless of religion, are required to dress conservatively. The room full of Muslim men and women were separated by gender. One preacher said he would teach people a prayer to curb ligbity Q elements in their family. This all sounds great to me. Sounds great to me. Listen, over here. I don't expect perfection from group from I'm not perfect myself. No one should expect perfection. But the general direction of a movement, right? If it's good, say alhamdulillah, because it could have been far worse. You could have tens of millions of people doing far worse things. All right. Now, Nada Riza, a prominent Islamic boy band singer, was a headliner. He proposed to his wife in 2017 within hours of discovering her Instagram account. That's weird. They married soon after. What? That, that is weird. They married soon after and are now social media influencers who promote arranged marriages. Okay, maybe, but yet at the same time, um, I'm not a fan of uh, the husband-wife influencer scene. Oh, that's so weird. I'm not into that. I wouldn't want my... Uh, I wouldn't be comfortable with that. Number one, it brings you a lot of hasad. Number two, it's just odd, it, but it's going to bring you so much hasad. Number two, people are nasty on the internet. And we said yesterday, it is actually forbidden for a man to allow the women who are his maharim to be exposed to abuse. And people are mean on the internet, really nasty. If a guy wants to go on the internet, let him go. Okay. 
if a woman wants to go to the internet, she is going to be torn down. I think there's like two women recently in our world of American, uh, you know, Muslim Dawasin. Those two women have been totally destroyed. One woman by a fatwa she gave, which was a a astaghfirullahaladzim. People know her. People who I know know her, right? And I think I communicated with her one or two times, but the fatwa was flat out wrong. I'm sorry to say that, right? Uh, good effort and everything, but it was a wrong fatwa. Did I say it was wrong? I mean, I felt it was wrong, but all the ulama who saw it said it's a wrong fatwa. She was attacked and mocked so badly. I'm like, this person is going to be in counseling based on the attacks that, that they're receiving. Why would you expose yourself like this? Who else? Another one. Her husband and her had a divorce. And the husband goes on. Two-hour video. One-hour video. Two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour videos on how bad the divorce was and how bad she is. How do these women, you know, like, don't... You shouldn't be exposed to this. Who is allowing this to happen, right? Or not protecting you from this or how are they handling this stuff man is not like a woman in how they handle the abuse of nasty and mean people on the internet okay so I'm not a big fan of this but okay they're both Instagram uh, famous people and they figured let's use our influence alright so they did it okay alright and here is the picture of this influencer wow what a picture okay which this should really be a Safina Society picture. Hey, I'm going to send it to you, okay? Put it up there. I mean, it really should be. You don't have to put the label there, but or the the what's that? The text underneath it. But this is almost like right up our alley of the Safina Society brand branding. Anyway, the crowd hooted as his wife laughed behind her veil. I guess she wears maybe she wears niqab. He says something like his years of dating were not good. I hope this can be a lesson for singles. Don't be a stupid person like me who took care of someone else's soulmate. Okay, referring to his dating life before he became a hijra influencer. Okay. The preacher, Mr. Derry, is now 44. He was once a guitarist for Betrayer, a popular heavy metal band. He said that during the t- that time, he partied every night and had many girlfriends. In 1998, like other Indonesian mu- musicians who discovered Hijra, he left his band and started creating Islamic music after a fellow musician told him to come back to the Dean. He now creates TikTok content. He must bring positive vibes. You got to look at the trajectory of somebody. So if somebody is at a certain point, and they were like far worse than he tolerated. So him and his wife being TikTok influencers or social media influencers, um, but what was their background first, right? So maybe that's really a step in the right direction. In any event, this movement is huge now. Um It is a huge movement. And it's a loosely organized movement. It's not like... Okay. 
it's not really like a uh, official movement that has a leader and all that stuff. So that's that movement. And there you see that guy. Right? Shouldn't that that's like right up there with the if you go to arcview.org, you see what our what the, the pictures we have there? It's like fits right there. All right, what is next? Um the next picture you could put up is the 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 Leeds one. You could put that up. And in the meantime, I'm going to read another article first. Why more Hispanics are converting to Islam faster than any other ethnic group. Okay? Jamie Mujahid Fletcher. I heard that name before. Is a Colombian American who embraced Islam 21 years ago. Okay. When he began his journey, he felt alone. But soon, his father wanted to learn about Islam. The only problem with his fa- was his father is a Spanish speaker, and Jamie had a hard time finding educational material in Spanish. So he began to translate what he was reading himself. The more we translated and explained to them in their own language, it became less foreign to them. The effort grew into Islam and Spanish. An Islamic center based in Houston doesn't convert Hispanics to Islam, but provides educational information about the religion in Spanish. Despite their hands-off approach, Jamie says they have seen an explosion of Latino and Latina converts. Based on data, Latinos are the fastest-growing ethnic group embracing Islam in America. People just show up and they say, hey, we're coming to here to embrace Islam. In Colorado, Rudy Sanchez and Juana Serrano also heard and answered the call to Islam. It started to pull at my heart, Juana Hirana Serrano said. I feel like I just found my answer, her husband Sanchez said. Okay, the religion has given them peace. It was kind of like a coincidence, like I'm thirsty, and then some guy with a water bottle is, hey, you want some water? It gives me a lot of peace. It gives me a lot of freedom. I didn't even know I had. They both admit, however... When they first converted, being Muslim felt isolating, especially when it came to breaking the news to their family. It felt lonely, she said. Okay. They weren't fully understanding of what I'm going through, Okay, says Sanchez about his parents. My mom was in shock, his wife said. She's a very devout Catholic, but she was supportive. Both of them and the brother Jamie say Islam and Latino culture have a lot of similarity. Family background being most important. Uh, emphasis on family relations being most important. Respecting the parents, respecting the family, and all that is a huge part of Islam. It's part of our culture, too. Looking deeper into Islam, all of a sudden you start finding out that, hey, this is uh, this is the way you know I was brought up. We have these values at home. Okay. They also have their new brothers and sisters in faith to help guide them and help out. Help them out one time. Hey, why don't we get Mujahid Fletcher on the program here? And and we maybe we can get some advice from him regarding La Cocina downstairs. Okay. Everybody's nice and kind. Generally, everybody wants to know who I am. Whenever I come to the mosque, they don't see many Mexicans, says Sanchez. While Islam, there's no compulsion of religion. All three say that they're happy to see more and more Latinas and Latinos embrace the deen. A lot of Mexicans are becoming Muslim, and I think it's uh, wonderful to see. We actually can keep our culture intact, all right, and a better version of what it means to be Latino. 
once you take away all those negative images that are portrayed in the media, it's a whole nother world and it's a world of peace, said Juana Serrano. Okay, and this was an article by that was from CBS. All right, so you see here. The amount of, it's like every, there's just, it's nonstop. Let's look at this one here. 150-year-old church to be converted into a masjid. And I'm guessing this is England, North England, just based on the style of brick and architecture. But we'll see. And I was right. Bradford, England, a Victorian Methodist church, vacant since 2020 is set to be converted into a mosque to serve the growing Muslim community. Chapel Lane, the church dates back to 1870 and has been bought by the local Muslim community to be renovated into a mosque as soon as possible. All right. Hazel Johnson and I, uh, and I welcome the mosque as an asset to in Queensbury Ward, serving our diverse community and are pleased to hear of their plans for an open day to allow residents to meet the team and have a look around, says uh, Alex Mitchell, CLLR, which may be counselor or something. As some residents raised concern about traffic and parking, counselors assured that stewards would be on site marshalling the cars, especially on Friday. So 150-year-old church is converted into a mosque. And what are the locals worried about? The parking. So what are they not worried about? The transition itself. They're not worried. They're not upset that their formerly Christian crusading country is now slowly becoming more and more permanent with its Islamic identity. That's not what they're worried about. Worried about the parking. That says a lot. That says a lot. That says that the relations between Muslims and these people is good. Is good. They're not worried. Okay. Uh, what is the most legitimate concern the neighboring residents have had? Parking. Traffic. Listen, England, you need traffic. Your population's declining. Right? You guys need as much traffic as you can get. And the Muslims are the ones supplying it. Think about it. The Muslims are... When did you have a, ch- a, a church where there's a traffic uh, problem? We spoke to the owners of the building. We are committed to having stewards managing parking and, and traffic on Friday. Traffic buildup and road safety is the primary concern of the residents. No resident has an issue with the actual reality of a mosque becoming, uh, 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 taking over a church. All right, the Clayton Heights Church was a community staple for 150 years, okay? And it went underwent a $125,000 refurbishment 13 years ago in 2010. The Bradford Council provided some of those funds. But mosques are the beating heart of the Muslim community and stand as a physical example of Islamic faith. They serve a center for prayer, education, information, social welfare, and events during Islam's month of Ramadan. Okay. Now we go from Bradford. We go to Leeds. What do we have here? In the city of Leeds... I'm telling you, this, 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 this country of England is so open and accepting of Muslims. Something else. This evening, civic buildings and others around the city 
City Center will be lit up in green. This is the lead city council saying. Okay. To mark the Muslim celebration of Mawlid Unnabi. With the Daisy transliteration on top of that. Just the birthday of the Prophet Muhammad exclamation point leads city council. Okay. Leeds City Council. All right. Yeah. They're saving their country by doing this, to be honest with you. They are saving their own country. Yep. They're saving their country by bringing Muslims in who don't drink for the most part, don't do drugs for the most part, get married and don't do adultery and have kids out of wedlock for the most part if they practice their deen, okay? Definitely more often than not, right? Definitely more often than not. Okay. Let's now turn to, so we covered that, we've covered this. What was the only thing that, I'm not going to cover this. I was going to cover it, but I'm not going to cover it because it doesn't match the theme of all the things we're covering. And it really has nothing to do with Islam or the Ummah. I thought it might, but it has to do with our senator here in New Jersey getting slammed by taking bribes from Egyptians. Senator Bob Menendez, who I met, who was a mean-looking dude, like an arrogant type of guy. I was, I was like, he clearly doesn't want to be here. He gets this arrogant vibe to him. I really don't like. I don't know why you're being arrogant for it either, right? Not like some kind of. But he's an ambitious and cocky guy, and his wife Nadine, okay, were charged. Mr. Menendez and his wife Nadine were charged on Friday for accepting hundreds of thousands of dollars in bribes from three businessmen, including $550 in in cash. $550,000 in cash. Okay. Gold bullion. Who the heck bribes with gold bullion these days? What is this? Like the 20s? And a Mercedes Benz. Like this wasn't even done smoothly. Just old world. Drop the envelope, drop the bag. In June 2022, U.S. agents raided a safe deposit box in the couple's home, allegedly finding cash stuffed in envelopes, closets, and a safe. What are these people like? uh, The mafia or something? I firmly believe that when all facts are presented, not only will I be exonerated, but I will be New Jersey senior senator. Um... Who the heck walks around with cash in the walls and in the envelopes and gold bullion? Like a drug dealer. Yeah, like a drug dealer or something. The mattress. For now, I remain focused on continuing to do the important work I do every day on behalf of 9 million people who call New Jersey home. A bunch of BS. According to federal prosecutors, Mr. Menendez took bribes to help Egypt uh, and the businessmen in their legal disputes with the U.S. and New Jersey governments. The indictment states that Mr. Menendez also encouraged Cairo 
to approve businessman Wa'il Hanna's monopoly over the import of halal meat into Egypt. Why is a Christian importing halal meat into Egypt? First of all, what's the ruling on that? Because halal meat needs to be under the supervision of a Muslim throughout the whole journey. Or a wrapping in such a way that would remove doubt that the meat was mixed up with other meat. Anyway, that's a side point. Mr. Menendez has faced calls from members of his own Democratic Party to resign, including who turned against him? Phil Murphy. He says the allegations are deeply disturbing. His own party mate, Phil Murphy. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. AOC, a high-profile Democratic congresswoman, has also called on him to resign. Likewise, fellow Senator John Fetterman, Abu Sweatpants. Why did they call him that? Yeah, he's always wearing sweatpants and hoodies. <laughs> he's, a, he's a senator who wears sweatpants to the conference, to, to, to the press, report, uh, press conferences. The chairman of the influential Senate Foreign Relations Committee has stepped down from his role, but Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer has not asked him to resign. He cannot be forced to resign. I'm going to be very clear. This is a serious matter, said Press Secretary Karen Jean-Pierre. We see this as a matter, a serious matter. We, we believe the senator stepping down from his chairmanship was the right thing to do. Addressing allegations... All right. In the indictment that authorities found cash stuffed in envelopes and clothing at his home, Mr. Menendez said the money came from his personal saving account, savings account and some from his parents' fear of confiscation of funds from their time in Cuba. Wow, sell me another one. And look at the Egyptian bullion here. Or no, it's not Egyptian at all. It's Swiss. But the Egyptians came in with like, they think that it's Cairo. We bribe with the sack of cash and the gold bullion. On Egypt, Mr. Menendez said he has worked to hold countries, including Cairo, accountable for human rights abuses. If you look at my actions related to Egypt and my whole career, my record is clear and consistent. But prosecutors say he met Egyptian military and intelligence officials, passed along non-public information about employees at the U.S. Embassy in Cairo, and ghost wrote a letter on behalf of Egypt asking his Senate colleagues to release a hold on $300 million worth of aid. And this was some of the gold bullion that they found, some old Swiss gold bullion, right, Uh, found in his home. Okay, so this guy, hilarious case here. All right, let's go to Q&A for a little bit, not too long, because... I got my debut as a leading a practice today, and I don't want to mess that up. I want to do well. Okay. So let us go to the Q&A and see what everyone has to say here. Poor Jets fans had a great team, great coach, great quarterback, and all of a sudden their quarterback season lasts about five minutes. And that was week one. So you thought, all right, maybe they'll survive because they won the game. They beat the Bills. They won. And an amazing overtime win. And thought, okay, maybe they got something going. Next game, they lose. Next game, their quarterback just plays one of the worst games that you'll see in the NFL. 
not as bad as the Washington Commanders game with four interceptions and, and one fumble. Can we get stories of the Oliat back? Yes, why not? I want to go back to this uh, comment because, you know, we were talking yeah, go about ahead. people converting and, and stuff. What did they uh, say? One of the brothers said, SubhanAllah, I made uh, dua last Wednesday for my Christian friend to become Muslim. And he took a shahada with uh, with me over video yesterday. Wow, SubhanAllah. Uh, and he was like saying that the Wednesday dua hasn't failed him. SubhanAllah, Until today. We're going to do the Wednesday dua very soon. Jay Perez says, at my current job, I linked up with a guy... I went to elementary school with. He was already listening to Islamic talks. Subhanallah. And after a week, he took a shahad. Motorways to Bradford have salawat on the signboards. Google M62 Jeru Sharif. The highway is called the M62. Is liposuction forbidden? You're going to have to jog my memory on liposuction being removing what? Fat? I don't think that's not forbidden, no. Why would that be forbidden? No. Liposuction, removing the fat from your body is not forbidden. It's not an alteration of the body or mutilation. It's removing what you know, was not created there in the first place, from what I understand. Removing fat permanently is a different... It's removing fat from the body, inshallah, should not be... There's nothing... You're not alterating... Altering, sorry the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you uh, look at the subject matter of of plastic surgery, we are allowed to return the body as Allah created it. Right? That's what we're allowed to do. We're not allowed to alter the way something Allah created it, imagining that we're improving it, such as fix your nose in terms of not being in an accident. Your nose is totally fine, Right? And you just want to remove a bump or remove, uh, make things something different. That we're not allowed to do. We're not allowed to do, to add these stuff that Botox everywhere. Okay. But removing cell, fat cells permanently, removing fat, um, inshallah. I've never heard that that is forbidden, but I can dub, double check from you. I mean, what is the difference? I mean, losing weight, you're not removing the cells. You're shrinking the cells. Right, but I can double check, guys. Let me double check for you. But I, I'm pretty sure that it is not forbidden on you. Okay. Removal of Bob Menendez is likely to placate Saudi Arabia. Menendez was anti-Saudi for a while. All right. Saudi likely demanded this as one of the requirements before recognition of Israel. Interesting. So what do you think this, do you think this is real or do you think this was a setup or just coincidental? Agnes Maverick. One of my friends who converted just like me asked me whether Islam grew because of the religious teaching and beauty of Islam, which he said it did. It's, uh, but also major factors, social, political, economic ambitions. Okay. Um, there's just so many different reasons why people enter Islam. Sometimes the life is better. Sometimes the teaching makes more sense. Sometimes the spirituality heals hearts. It's just 
whatever angle humans are coming from, they'll find an entrance into Islam. All right. Is a nose job forbidden? Yes, it's forbidden. It's, it's not forbidden if you break your nose. So let's say you were to break your nose and your nose had a bump or was uneven or something. When they fix your nose, they are allowed to fix it straight and make it correct. They do not have to fix it with the error that it had in it or the um, uniqueness that it had in it. Like when they fix it, they're going to fix it straight. So it may come out better in your eyes than it was before. That's a gift from Allah to you. That's perfectly acceptable. What's the proof of that? Is that at the time of the Prophet said a man had got cut on his nose. And in order to um, actually have a nose, he needs to use gold. And the Prophet tell him, take a nose from gold. So he accepted that. A nose from gold is even nicer than a regular nose, right? So um, if you break your nose and you have to fix your nose or any part of the body and fixing it would actually be an upgrade for you, it's acceptable. I recently heard that a that in a Sahih Hadith it mentions that if a man's parents tell him to divorce his wife, then it becomes obligatory for him to do so. No, that is not correct. Show me that Hadith, but that is not correct. Uh, the word is in the book on the rights of parents is to tell parents your great right upon me does not infringe upon my small rights upon myself for myself. There's no such thing as that parents telling you to divorce your wife do you have to divorce her no if say Omar did that to ibn Omar as advice that you you didn't choose well and ibn Omar recognized that she was not a good wife or a good woman so he divorced her but that that had nothing to do with that it's obligatory to do that where are we on Umrah says Uga Panda let's check on launch good time to check launch good what do we got? We are now at 11,941. So we're only 59 bucks from 12K. Look, everyone look in your pocket. Take out some pennies. Throw in a nickel. Throw in a dime. In the UK, what do you got? 2P? 1P? Right? Uh, throw it in. Nickels and dimes. That's all we're asking. Nickels and dimes. Let's get us to 12K, nickels and dimes. Okay. What is more important? Studying tafsir or fardain? No, fardain, of course. That is what Allah has commanded you to do, fardain. Not everything of the Quran is obligatory for us to know, right? But fardain, the fardain means personal individual obligation from Allah. Allah is obligating you to know these things. All right, hijab flow. I've asked a few times, but unfortunately, never gets answered. What's your question? We did that one. What was it about? Oh, okay, okay, good, good. JG. India, Canada, having a big dispute. Sikhs are angry with Hindu India. All right. I didn't follow up, to be honest with you. Uh, Moab, we answered your question yesterday. Khalifa on the earth means the successor of the jinn, number one. 
if Khalifa is to be translated as successor, then the Muslim, then the human being is the successor of the jinn. If Khalifa means representative, then it means Allah's representative in practicing His law and upholding the Sharia. Okay. Is it fard in the Hanafi method to perform tahajjud? No. Any thoughts on Vivek? I like the little clips that I watched from Vivek. I don't think he has any chance to stand up against Trump, but it's it's nice. I like what he's saying, essentially. When he talks about the woke left and all that stuff. Because, you know... I'm, he's good at speaking. Yeah, he's a good talker. Nothing... Yeah, I like I like listening to him, to be honest with you. Can women recite nats, says Yumna. Yes, they can in front of other women and children, but not in front of other men. And they shouldn't record their nats such that it could fall into the hands of men that would listen to him. What is the ruling of female doctors seeing male patients and examining them? Uh, it's in a situation where a doctor cannot choose a woman or the patient cannot choose. Ultimately, you have to hate that in your heart. But if you're in a job where you're the doctor there and you just have to see the patients, you have to try to make it halal in every way, shape and form. In terms of the touching and the khalwa and the looking and stuff like that. That's all I can say. Because as much as possible, you don't want to see or touch or be alone with the opposite gender. M. Hamza says, trimming the beard to make your parents happy, that's permitted, yes. The Hanafis may have thoughts on that, but the Maliki school allows that. It allows permitting trimming the beard regardless. Why is there a movement or effort to make men more feminine? Well, it's a movement. It's all part of the population control movement. That's what I personally, to be honest with you, that's what I personally believe. All of Ligbidiku and trans and feminizing men and masculinizing women. And you go onto Netflix and you have like a five foot three woman taking on, you know, three Russian mafiosos, right? And, and they're three, you know, 100, 200 pound Russian mobsters are laying half dead, fought off by a five foot three, you know, hero figure. This is imagination. Okay. And it's dangerous because if people start thinking that's possible, they're going to get, the, they're going to find and the reality is very different. Okay. Go but find out. you're, you're going to get it. You're misleading people when you're constantly showing women beating up uh, these guys in Netflix it's just you're, you're misleading people it's just not true it's not nothing close that will ever happen right even th- probably the most trained of the trained can't pull off these feats but in any event okay in any event I, I do believe all that stuff is um, it's population control alright and, you know, the government and stuff, how they want to suppress the people. Yeah. You go into that and stuff. Because like, they don't want, they have to make sure all these millions of people in a population that they're weak. They're not going to ever rebel against the government. Yeah, like right? the Romans, uh, like, uh, you know how in the Colosseum they used to give people bread and everything. Yeah. To, like, 
saturate them. Yep. You feel their stomach. Fatten stuff. them up. So they get, you know, make distracted. Them, also make them slaves to their desires. Yep. People who are slaves to their desires can never resist. They can't even resist their own desires. How are they going to resist the government? So once they got them slaves to their desires, give them more theater, give them more, what was it at the time? Wine, bread, and stuff. Wine, bread, and gladiators. Same thing today. And the other thing is that the way life is, namely with um, when it comes to technology, has not required men to be as masculine. It's a problem, right? Like when was the last time for day-to-day living that a man had to put in an an effort that he, the women could not put in, right? Obtaining food does not require effort. Obtaining warmth does not require effort. Obtaining protection does not require effort. A woman can go to the supermarket and get the food, turn the heat on, and turn the alarm on, right? All with their fingers. So the day-to-day does not require anything different. And I've said this in my family all the time. Like the day-to-day, the good old days are gone. Well, we never even lived to see the good old days from our youth, my whole generation. We never had a time where, uh, like, the only thing, what, snow removal maybe, right? She could pay for that too. 20 bucks, get the driveway snowed, plowed. But where, what in everyday life, maybe once or twice a decade, there's going to be a fight. Once or twice a decade, something that, 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 you're, that a man can do, which a woman cannot do, comes up in life. So modern life has also uh, reduced the need for traditional masculine features. So we have to sort of like create them in an artificial way. We destroyed ourselves with technology. I'm like, telling you. Technology is good, but at the same time, it's like, like everything is flipped now. Everything's flipped? Like, you know, and it has a psychological effect. Like the man back in the day, him yeah. providing, going out hunting, getting the food, coming back. Yep. Like that sets the order. It sets now, it's the like order. The women don't have respect for the men, right? Because the, the men want respect, yeah. but they're not doing things that the women would Exactly. The woman has to respect her men. She has to rise up beyond the physical. Like, if she's going to say, hold on a second, if the relationship is physical, what are you actually doing that I can't do? If she's asking that question, then you're going to have a problem. If she rises above that and say, well, he's a companion, he's a leader, he's doing all these things and all that, then she could still love and respect her man. And that's why so many times they're like, the husband, they're just like friends because there's nothing that he's really doing, right, that she needs or vice versa. Can you get lip filler? No. Lip filler to increase the um, shape of the lips is, is not permitted for us. Plas- all plastic surgery, all cosmetics is limited to putting back what was lost. Whatever you had in your creation as Allah created you, okay? Or you lost it or it was through an accident or an injury or... A major defect, all that is what can be corrected. But to be at a default setting and to just try to tweak something and improve something, we Muslims are not going down that route. Okay, We're not going down that route. Hupu is saying, please make dua for my daughter to turn away from a trans identity and return to the straight path she used to pray and wear hijab. Hupu, I highly advise you, very highly, 
to take a look at the friends she's hanging out with and the stuff she's watching on the internet and the school she goes to. Okay? Be very cautious of what's going on there and attack that more so than you worry about her. Look, where is she getting those influences? The school. The friends. Okay? You got to uphill. You got to climb. Too late? No, it can't be too late. Unless she's like 18, 19. But she's only 11 years of Islamic school. It's got to be the internet then. Doesn't it? Like where else are these influences going to come from? To be honest, even today, like, depends on the Islamic school, but a lot of these Islamic schools are not very Islamic either. Like the things I've heard in a lot of these schools. The Islamic school is going to have stuff in it, but it's just a matter of how much and what other stuff will it have in it. Like it would have prayer, it would have Quran, at least that could mitigate stuff. It will have corruption, but not that much corruption, right? So 20 years old, subhanAllah. So college and internet and the cell phone, we have just make dua into hajjud. When you have no other options, draw into Hadrid. Couple rapid fire questions. Can men get a hair transplant? Yes. Can jinn attack you in your dreams? Yes, they can. But it will not harm you. Just like like a bad dream. You wake up, say Audubilam Shaitan Rajim, blow three times on your left, game over. Uga Panda. Is saying, I'm telling you, give me your pennies. They don't allow less than a dollar, right? One dollar and one cent. Penny stocks, that's what I'm asking you for. To get us to 12,000. Just pennies. I don't want to burden anybody. Just pennies. Okay. What is the best drop for starting a new job? Do I, would continuance of istikhara be a good idea? Yes. Okay. Yes. Keep doing this, istikhara. What are the methods of seeing the Prophet ﷺ in a dream? There's a book for this. There is a book. You should get the book. Let's now go to the Wednesday du'a because I really don't want to, I want to make sure that I'm not late to practice today. Uh, are we allowed to do card magic trip, tricks? I would say close to makru. Because it's not black. That's not magic that the Sharia forbids. But it is part of the culture of... I don't know what culture you'd call it is, but magicians and people who trick people. So it'd just be makruh, I would say. I couldn't tell you it's haram. Okay. Advice for women whose spouses are not practicing. Also, if they are converts and not practicing. Look, it's friends. It's where you go. And it's chipping away little by little. Don't try to make a big change with a person. But little by little, right? Very little by little change. Like by going somewhere. Go, getting the body in the masjid, even for five minutes. But we're going out to dinner, pray in the masjid, five minutes, come back. Right? Very little by little alterations of the, the environment, the context, the friend group. Very little changes like that but a lot of dua in the middle of the night. And you will be so surprised by dua in the middle of the night. Okay? I don't have the title of the book, but... Um, I forgot it. That, that title looks good. Khair, khair I is that saying. One that I was looking at, okay. 
was looking at it a few days ago. This is probably my yeah. name. You guys are gonna have to find out. Yeah. All right, let's go to the uh Yes, Muhammad Envisions is the book. Thank you. Mina AG. Muhammad Envisions is the book. Let's now move to the Dua of Wednesday. Never, never, never stop. Never underestimate. Never give up. Always be optimistic. Always believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Dua will always work for you. Okay. And the sign that Allah has given you something different from what you prayed for is that you are accepting of it. You want it. Okay. You are the one who wants it. That's one of the signs that, that Allah has given you something different. But as long as your heart is set upon something and you keep making dua for it, the Prophet said, Allah will answer you as long as you don't rush. What is rushing, O Messenger of Allah? I say, I asked, but I didn't get anything. All right, And we're only not $9 away from hitting the 12,000 mark. May Allah reward all of you for sending youth to Umrah. Okay, $9 away. So give me your pennies, give me your nickels. Give me your dimes. Give me your rejected money. Uh, I'm not asking people for much. I don't like to burden people. But asking for sadaqah is always a, a good deed because it makes people give some sadaqah. Three bucks here, four bucks there. We only do this drive once a year. And we do a drive for the La Cocina property once a year too in November. That's it. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. وينصرك الله نصرا عزيزا وكان عند الله وجيها وجيها في الدنيا والآخرة ومن المقربين وجهت وجهي للذي فطر السماوات والأرض بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نصر من الله وفتح قريب وبشر المؤمنين يا أيها الذين آمنوا كونوا أنصار الله كما قال عيسى بن مريم للحواريين من أنصاري إلى الله قال الحواريون نحن أنصار الله الله لا إله إلا هو الحي القيم لا تأخذه سنة ونعنهم له ما في السماوات وما في الأرض من ذا الذي يشفع عنده إلا بإذنه يعلم ما بين أيديهم ما خلفهم ولا يحيطون بشيء من علمه إلا بما شاء وسع كرسي السماوات والأرض ولا يؤدوا فضوما وهو العلي العظيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا أنزل هذا القرآن على جبل لا رأيته خاشع متصدع من خشية الله وتلك الأمتان نضربها للناس لعلهم يتفكرون هو الله الذي لا إله إلا هو عالم الغيب والشهادة والرحمن الرحيم هو الله الذي لا إله إلا هو الملك القدوس السلام المؤمن المهمن العزيز الجبار المتكبر سبحان الله عما يشركون هو الله الخالق البارئ المصور له الأسماء الحسنى يسبح له ما في السماوات والأرض وهو العزيز الحكيم وإذ نفسي بالله تعالى من كل ما يسمع بأذنين وبسر بأنين ومشي برجلين وبتشبيدين تكلم الشافتين أصنت نفسي بالله الخالق الأكبر من شر ما أخاف وأحذر من الجن والإنس وإنظرون عز جاره وجل ثناؤه وتقدست أسماؤه لا إله غيره اللهم نجعلك في نهور أعدائي وعذ بك من شرورهم وتحيرهم ومكرهم ومكائدهم أطفئ النار من أراد بعداوته من الجن والإنس يحفظ يحفظ ذلك في محيط سبحانك يا رب ما أعظم شأنك وسلطانك تحسنت بالله بسم الله بآيات الله وملائكة الله وأنبياء الله 
إلا طارق يطرق بخير إنك على كل شيء قدير بسم الله رقي نفسي من كل ما يؤذي ومن كل حاسد الله شفائي بسم الله رقيت اللهم رب الناس أذو الباس إشفي أنت شافي وعافي أنت المعافي لا شفاء إلا شفاءك شفاء لا يغادر السقم ولا ألم يا كافي وفي حميد يا مجيد ارفعني كل تعب شديد وكفني من الحدي والحديد والمرض الشديد والجيش العديد واجعل لي نور من نورك وعز من عزك ونصر من نصرك وبهاء من بهائك وعطاء من عطائك وحرست من حرستك وتأييد من تأييدك يا ذا الجلال والإكرام والمواهب العظام أسألك أن تكفين من شرك لذي شر إنك أنت الله الخالق الأكبر وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه والحمد لله رب العالمين ظاهرا وباطنا وعلى كل حال يا أرحم الراحمين إن شاء الله ويتيك فيو منس جس فر دعاء بسم الله
Alhamdulillah, we hit. We're at $12,101. May Allah reward you all. Alhamdulillah, Jazakumullah khairan. Wassalamu alaikum rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.